Listen, okay, if you can see the look on my face, I, listen, that's what I'm looking at right now on my thumbnail, okay? Curl, child, but listen. Okay, so I'm not even going to make this long because I'm drinking my um turmeric tea with a little bit of bamboo tea in there. I did a special combo with some honey. It is so freaking good. And even though it's hot, like it's just starting to cool down at night, it's nice to drink something warm. Um, I do need to do a health and fitness update. There's so many interesting things I've been learning. And um, I recently did Q... I think it's Shai Gon, Q-I-G-O-N-G, Shai Gon Yoga Meditation. Oh my God, obsessed. My body is like so, feels so good. I did it like basically one and a half times. And then that made me want to start looking into like um, Polynesian dancing and stuff. And so then, <laughs> listen, when I tell you I'm looking with my eyes, but not with my hands, and it takes a lot for me to even, whew, it's the muscles for me. Y'all know I have, mm. So, but anyways, let's make this real short because like I said, I don't want my tea to get too, um, too cold. So, what I titled this is, um, I'm probably going to title this, She's Big Mad at Twerking Auntie for Telling Her Not to Twerk. And I've just paid a little bit of attention to the dynamics between you know, the older generation and the younger upcoming generation. And um, it's interesting to me, like I said, I absolutely love everything that comes with me being as mature as I am. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world on God, I promise. I remember the first time I started to feel really good about being a woman was the age of 28 probably a couple years behind everyone else just because um, of the sheltering. So I had this gap to kind of catch up to still to have a little bit of a lag, but that's okay. Um, in terms of like personal personality development and likes and dislikes and becoming my own independent person and having a sense of adventure and being so carefree and um, not really tied down with, I think, the things that were, you know, things like marriage and children and career and stuff like that, right? And um, I know there's a lot of conversations going on right now about, you know, how maybe, you know, even myself included, because I, I, listen, so I, when I tell you, I literally just heard about Frick Nick when I was like in, in 98, I think. And that's because a couple of my friends, um, wilded out because again grew, grew up in an orthodox conservative church and then we would go to the black church on on Saturdays and so then that's how I found out about like stuff like that or like the wet t-shirt contest and stuff like that but outside of that never attended one wasn't really it wasn't really my thing per se not that I could have gone because even by the time that was going on I had ended up in another country and stuff so but one of the things I heard a younger person say was just kind of like, oh, these aunties out here trying to make it seem like, you know, they're always telling us not to do this, that, and the third, but they were out here twerking. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm going to share an example of, of how this reminds me so much of the dynamic with me and my niece. 
And it's so interesting. And this is why I'm, I am empathetic. But at the same time, it's like you just can't win for trying. I'm, I'm going to share the story with my, my niece later. But it's like, yeah. Do you not see people freaking out? Like the aunties freaking out because they're out here worried about what could come out on, on TV and video. And that was back then. Okay. That was back then when... We didn't really understand, you know, the repercussions of being videographed and out in public and how these X, Y's are and what, whatever, what have you. I don't think to the full extent that we do now. Um, and as sheltered as I was, I do remember because there was so much essaying and, and stuff of women, I did not understand. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of leave that alone because it's. Again, I I think I want to be more empathetic to women as a whole, but I feel like um, I I'm just grateful there were some things that I was just like I don't I don't know why I put myself in that situation, but I get it. Not everybody's brought up that way, so you know, and so part of the the backlash was kind of like oh well you were out here twerking and you're saying that we did a you know all this bad stuff but. You know, the stuff I've seen, listen, for one, there's nothing new under the, under the, um, under the sun, right? If you go back to like, I don't know, Babylonian times and the Roman stuff, and even when you look at how people used to dance in the temples and stuff, ain't nothing new under the sun. Even from like the LGBTQ stuff to, you know, our politics and, and stuff like that, there's nothing you under the sun and so um it was funny to me because I'm like the only thing where I could kind of understand with my niecey types you know is that I wouldn't say it's worse again because my thoughts are there's nothing new under the sun so we might have been twerking upside down with our heads you know head down and feet up whatever y'all do it different but um Here's the thing. It's like, do you not see us suffering the, the repercussions? Do you not see us saying like, hey, you might want to slow down your tempo, might want to, you know, relax because it's crazy out in these streets. And so the pushback is like, oh, well, you did it. So you can't tell us what to do. No, we are suffering the repercussions of all this stupidity. So that's why we're trying to protect you from the bullshit. Like, um. I'll never forget, like, my, my, my niece, she's she's milder now, but who knows, it can rear its head a little bit. But she used to be really saucy when she was younger, right? And um, so um, we were, I was, she had something on her face. She had, like, a, she would have food on her face. And so we were tre- teaching her how to, you know, wipe her face after she finished eating and stuff like that. And, um... You know, like that whole stage where you're like teaching them to wash their hands, brush their teeth. And so I was like, um, Sunshine, you have something on your face. You want to remember when you go home to wash your face and keep it clean because you don't want to get like, you know, you don't want to break out and get acne on your face. You won't understand until later. But even though I said it that way, she was so salty and it it kind of hurt a little bit. I think sometimes when it makes me think about how we all have an inner child and we all have that ego where we don't want to be corrected. And who wants to have somebody tell you like, 
in other words, you have a booger in your nose or it kind of makes you feel like, oh, not comfortable, you know? Um, and so as soon as I was there, I could tell she was kind of like dejected a little bit, but just as quickly as she was just kind of like salty and stuff, then she was like, well, that's what, what's that on your face? And I was like, oh, okay, I have something on my face, but this is the thing I'm telling you, like, if I have acne scars, right? If you, if I didn't have anybody telling me, you know, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you kind of learn in school. You you know, you figure stuff out. You hang out with, the, like, for me, girls in high school, I grew up with boys. My mom wasn't, like, I wouldn't say she's not vain, but that's not her top priority. Like, beauty wasn't her top priority. So it's like I wasn't getting into, like, Neutrogena face washes and exfoliating and BR pads and stuff like that until I was, like, with my girlfriends in, in high school. Junior high, high school. Yeah, definitely for sure. Junior high, high school. And, you know, wanting to get my hair done and stuff like that. But other than that, it was like, I didn't have anybody out here telling me the importance of like sunscreen, you know, care, you know, makeup removers or um, just keeping your face, you know, a nice brilliance and tightening your pores and exfoliating and all that that stuff and so it reminds me of just sometimes I don't think the solution is for us to say well y'all were out here twerking in these streets and how dare you tell us not to twerk no this is you're seeing the repercussions of what happened so the whole idea of that is to either protect you and or I think that there's another issue in my humble opinion that lies below it. You know what? Let me take a drink of my tea. Hold on one second. Oh, it is so good. Oh my gosh, you guys. When I tell you, oh, it is so freaking delicious. I think that I wanted to use that analogy, but. I think that there's, with the whole twerking situation, an interesting um, comment that was brought up was just kind of like how we shame women for their sexuality, and but we don't, the, the people who are worried about the documentary coming out are women, but what about the men, right? And so I think that's part of an underlying issue. I think that for me... It's so interesting because as conservative as, as I grew up and as I, I think I am, I feel like, you know what, like, it's a part of life. And obviously, do, if you're going to do it, do it responsibly. But I feel like I don't think that we should be shaming women that were like twerking. Another issue that I kind of hinted at that I had a big problem with is um, the essaying. Right. So I I have a huge problem with that. And I kind of hinted at it, y'all. But it's kind of like the um, I I honestly, I want to be so careful with this because sometimes I wonder why I made the decisions I did when I was younger. Yes, I grew up in a strict neighbor in a strict household, but so did my classmates. And. I used to like admire their will back then because it's like 
I remember we would have quote-unquote strict parents and we have to be home from sunset to sunset you know Friday to Saturday and kind of watch what music we listen to no TV you know Sabbath school Wednesday prayer meeting long dresses no makeup no shaving super conservative but it's like I don't know what part of me a made me cuz even like with my my siblings but they're they're boys so there was pushback more so from them whereas I stayed more but I always wondered there's like several times in life where that's why it it kind of fascinates me I don't know that I'll ever have the answer that's why I always say like for me <clears throat> I I took my time with the dating you know, first boyfriend thing, took my time with dating in between boyfriends, I can go without it, like, even in the stage of my life, I'm like, you know what, I've had sex, I've had boyfriends, I've experienced what it's like to have them around, and knowing what I know now, you know, and I don't have to be tied down to status and titles and those types of confinements, I, I'm happy and I'm free with everything that comes with that, but I, I always wonder, like, <clears throat> I did have friends that legit wilded out. Like, they would sneak out, um, even though they got in trouble. And I remember one of my friends... <laughs> Ooh, I remember one of my, my friends, she would... Um, she didn't give a... She would take the parents' car and go to freaking Los Angeles. And she'd be getting into the clubs, you know... 2021 20, right before 21 type of a thing she was really attractive and t- thankfully nothing bad happened to her but just out and about and so I don't want to I don't know like I even think about like when it came to having children I made sure like again grew up conservative so my parents never had the conversation with me about like, they had the conversation about the birds and the bees and whatever, what have you, and very much, like, books before boys and just be careful with them. But in terms of, like, birth control, I remember just telling myself, like, I am not bringing a, a child into this life until I can make sure that we are both Gucci. Like, you know, even though Gucci's has a history of, of blackface, but, like, until we're both, like, going to be okay. Like, I don't want to be you know, in a situation where I can barely take care of myself and then bring a child into it. And so it always interests me how other people, like their thought process is different. But um, so so I say all of that to say, like, that's my observation between like the aunties and the nieces. But let's try to keep it as healthy as possible, because if if it's one of those things where you know, they're telling you, like, don't do this, don't do that, it's like, but you did, and it's like, uh, yeah, (laughs) and do you see how we ended up, do you see the repercussions, that's what we're trying to protect you from, but at the same time, that's why I feel like, I, um, when, when, when the newer person, she just ran a little, like, mini natal chart on me, and she said, I'm my parents' good karma, right? So whatever my parents have done in their lives or previous lives before, I'm their good karma. So 
but with my niece i think like it gives me an opportunity to without having to go through the labor of birthing like my own child y'all i have a very low tolerance for um for pain let me drink some more of this tea <laughs> very low tolerance for pain and even like with the um high mortality rates for black women having children sometimes it does scare me because you know the thought of going through so much pain I don't think I would have made it like I really think I would have just gone to meet my maker in childbirth um so but okay hold on because I got my waist trainer on too. So if you drink it on, drink it when you're, <laughs> have your waist trainer. Makes you eat less too. So, but, um, and so it, it's a really nice feeling. I'm at peace with not having children per se, because she allows me to, to see things like revisit my childhood. And I'm very careful too, because I know sometimes, um, parents want to live vicariously through their children so I was very careful about that I just like ask her questions and see what she's thinking but then I allow myself to go home and think about like you know how that's why I think even when I talk about I'm curious about how people make decisions at an early age I think about like so I don't want to be superimposed on her you know the way that my parents were strict with us um and that means that if and if she makes difficult decisions, you know, and she does end up having a child, the best I can do is just help out, you know. Um, I'm not really much of a babysitter type, you know. Like, I'll probably give her a couple hours off, but mm-mm. Um, <laughs> but that's how I was with her, too. I, didn't, I, I never changed not a one of her diapers, not one. Every single time it was time for her diaper to be changed, I would take her to her mom. I would go, you know, do something around the house and come back and she'd be fresh and clean, happy to go. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Um, And, (laughs) hey, but but this coming from somebody who wanted five kids, y'all. And I, um, not only do I have a sensitive stomach, I can't take pain, so... I think just the idea of having to take like lots of shots and and then watching my baby get shots and having to clean their throw up and change diapers. Y'all, sometimes we we ask for things that we really don't <laughs> we really don't understand what we're getting ourselves selves into. I talk a lot about how I wanted five kids. I still kind of sort out why I wanted five kids, but I think it's the idea of me growing up with three siblings and I loved my brothers very much growing up but once we became adults it's kind of like we just went our separate ways and so it still kind of hurts a little bit because I'm big sister right but for the most part they they do what boys do or I think what grown-ups and adults do you just grow your own personalities and 
sometimes there's incompatibilities and you go your own way. But I, I think it's because I wanted to recreate that happy family where you have siblings to play with and to grow up with and have a good time with and get in trouble with. <laughs> and um, and when, when, it, when I started to get a little bit older, it was like, well, I don't think, you know, I want to. Oh, I remember I used to come home from school, from college. And there was a TLC program that was called, like, I didn't know I was pregnant. And, oh, my gosh, you guys. And I had to be out the house in, you know, in one hour. But sometimes I would stay to the last, last minute. And then, um, so, it was kind of, I would watch in absolute horror every single freaking time. Um, she, like, I will never forget one of the ones she was driving to Vegas and y'all know, I love going out to Vegas, right? She was driving to Vegas and I, I want to say she was by herself and she says like that all of a sudden this pain hit her. And so she pulled over into a, um, a truck stop and, or like a rest stop. And she went to the bathroom and the pain kept taking over her body. And she felt like she was going to die. Like, imagine you don't know you're pregnant, right? And so she started screaming like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Whatever this pain is, is like the most excruciating pain. And so she's in the bathroom and there was, it was late at night. This was like back in the days, So... You know, now if you go out, like, at the pit stops going on the way to Vegas or, like, going up along the coast, going up to Canada, it's going to be full all day, every day. There's always people out there. But, so there was no one out there. And then at one point, she made it to the phone thing. But I still remember, like, the whole video and everything and, and her in the bathroom and, like, blood everywhere. And she's, like, excla- ex- um, talking about how much... Another one I remember, this woman, she was... um part of the problem was that she was really thin and so even she she showed pictures of when she um was like would have been eight and nine months pregnant and she did she just looked like she had eaten a um a burger but nothing so she was a slim build and it didn't bother her that she didn't have her her cycle because when you're that thin you don't have a lot of body fat or whatever so it didn't seem abnormal to her and so she went on a cruise with her It was either her boyfriend or her husband. And when that pain kicked in, like, that's one of the things. Um, I remember another scene where, um, I don't remember what had happened specifically to her, but she was rushed to the hospital, obviously, because she's in excruciating pain. And she's on the bed. And then I think somebody checked or something, and they're like, ma'am, you're pregnant. And she's like, what? So I don't know why I took this whole bird walk. But, um, oh, yeah, probably just I'll have to say, like, you know, sometimes we think we want things in life, like the five kids or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I was saying I remember in high school, like when I got older and I was doing my MBA program, um, I would watch those on TLC. And then I was like, you know what? I don't even like getting shots like, you know, or having my blood drawn. So maybe like having a go and I remember I would ask my my ask my cousin um she has two kids about the epidural thing <laughs> and we still laugh about it to this day because I was like 
She's like, girl, she is so dramatic. Like, y'all would love her. She's like, girl. And when they put that needle in your back, it's like the most painful thing, but the most beautiful thing at the same time. Like, the way she talks and everything, and she's so dramatic. And even though she's younger than me, because I didn't grow up with my cousins. So, but I think that when you grow up with cousins, you have like a playful aspect to you. And um, I think that, People who have, like, cousins are really good storytellers, too, because you kind of keep it, keep each other entertained and stuff. And, my, and she likes to see my eyes get all big and stuff because I'm like, oh, my gosh. And she's like, yeah. And then, like, all dramatic about her her birth stories and everything. And I, I have some really good studies from that one. Like, oh, my gosh, we, we laugh so much because I swear that all women who have a child... They have a pact to tell the rest of us women that childbirth is beautiful. But I remember I talked to my cousin the day, like right after she had her baby. And I, I said, oh, um, so do you want to have another one? And she's like, hell no. You know, she's like, hell no. She's like, God, that is the most painful thing in the world. And so then like a couple days later, I was talking to her. And I'm like, well, you're not going to have kids. She's like, no, it's the most beautiful thing that ever happened. Like, once you see that baby, all the pain goes away. I'm like, I know you effing lying. (laughs) But as I got older, I think for me, it it came down to I wanted to have two children. So they have each other. But at least one, because I liked the idea of. You know, I talk about this all the time. Like, I wanted to have a love child. And one of my friends was like, what the hell is a love child? And I'm like, it's just like a mini me, you know, obviously. But a child with someone that I love very much that will keep our name, you know, going on and on. And I didn't use the word legacy, but I, you know, the idea of this person walking around and it's like, they will always tell the story of like when my parents met and how they took over our company, whatever enterprises we had and, you know, spreading just goodness um, all around the world as a result of our union and stuff. But I, when I talk a little bit about how sometimes y'all, sometimes things happen for a reason, the last few months in particular... I have been, oh, excuse me. Let me just go ahead and finish drinking this. This tea. I'm probably going to make some more and then ice it for tomorrow. I'm going to be doing that for the rest of the summer. Oh, when I tell you, that tea is so good oh my gosh it's a little bit of um there's a there's a bamboo tea it's called beautifully bamboo um and it helps you sleep at night too but it it really helps your hair grow and your nails grow and it's good for your skin i remember one of my boyfriends i got it for him because he told me he was having a hard time sleeping and um when we had gone on the date i i gave it to him and he forgot it and he felt so bad he called the restaurant and they kept it for him and the next day he went and got it first thing in the morning on his way to work oh my gosh that was so funny i was like and then he tried it and he said it but he was so thankful for it because he had a hard time see he used to work like really 
long hours and of course besides that he was entertaining other people unbeknownst to me but anyways that's neither here nor there um but yeah so it has um i put in um bamboo tea which actually tastes pretty good it's more of like a grassy taste but because i only put one of those and then i put um four bags of of like kangen turmeric tea with a little bit of honey oh so freaking good um so what i was saying was that there are nights where i am just so incredibly thankful that i did not have children not because i don't love children but i think that as for as hard as I feel like I might cry just a little bit. And it is Mercury retrograde, y'all. And um, even like yesterday, but I, I, it's, it's several things. So Mercury retrograde, usually sometimes too, what will end up happening is your ex will reach out. Um, or, or you might feel like you want to reach out. But not only is that really impacting me a lot. And um, there's, I think uh, if you, some of you are familiar, I, I follow a Moran Alton. And she does a lot of astrology stuff. And um, anybody with the fixed signs, like we're kind of going through a hard time right now with the two eclipses. But after May 5, we're going to have really good energy going into 2024, especially um, because of what's transitioning into Taurus. So I'm super excited for that. Um, I should be hitting six figures the end of August. So it's really slow because I'm counting down the days. But um, I just have to be patient and just work the course. I have to come on and do another update on what's going on with my car, um, my back payments, how I'm going to invest that, and what's happening with Look because Look they're going through a little, like, um, change and stuff like that. But when I think about um, if I had had a child... Oh, what I was saying is that with my ex, I really, really cared for, especially the last two. I think that when I was young, I knew that there was a phase of just dating and it would take some hit or miss. But I felt like I made the best decisions with the last two. And so with that, there was the kind of like an engendering, I guess it would be. Let me see if I can. I don't know, like, the best way you can explain it is kind of like, you just kind of, um, just kind of take them on as a whole person in their personality. Um, and so, especially with the last one, I remember I, at one point I was like, what if we had a kid together, right? And thankfully, it didn't because as much as I would have loved my baby, I like to think I would have had a cute baby, you know, whether it's a boy or girl, and I would have loved them so much, and I would have satisfied that wanting of wanting a child. It would have been very difficult for me, you guys, because I I went into like a deep depression for, for quite a while, and um part of my podcast you get to hear me struggling through a lot of just the rehab rehabilitation and stuff that comes with it but um 
it would have been really painful for me because how do I explain to my child that, you know, their father is not coming around and that would have really hurt me a lot, a lot. And um, especially like when I see my niece <clears throat> heard her, my brother is not married to her mother and it's it's really difficult to see, you know, she's not the only one, you know, there's a lot of, there's a baby mama culture, so it's not uncommon, but it's, it's really sad because I know what it's like to grow up with the father. So I just try to fill in the gap as much as possible, you know, and try to be there for her and that type of thing. And they, they have, you know, her, the, my brother and, and her, her mom have a, it's an okay relationship, but I just feel bad for her. And I feel like, <clears throat> you know, I, sometimes I alter between just letting people stay out of my energy. And sometimes I, I get really like petty and vengeful. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like so a part of me feels like I would just be like, you know what? You're never going to see your child again. Just stay out of the picture. I don't need your child support. I will take care of them. And then a part of me would be like, you know what? You're going to pay like freaking child support up the wazoo. And I'll just put it in a hedge fund for her and let it grow the way that I do everything else. And, you know, the same thing I'm doing with my niece now. And they will be set, you know. But I think it would have been very painful to have to also sometimes have a physical reminder that someone hurt you, you know, um, and when it's their birthdays and, you know, having to explain why they're not there for Christmas and Thanksgiving, I think it would have been very difficult. And I'm thankful for me because I, you know, typical hard shell, soft on the inside. Uh-huh. And so, with that being said, um, I really have so much respect for single moms, really and truly, because especially the the ones that didn't even see it coming, I don't think. But um, some people just don't learn from their lessons, but I feel like there are women out there who never, who probably, you know, I could have been one of those women easily. And they are able to show a brave face. And you have to be able to master your feelings plus what happens for your child. And sometimes, you know, it it can take a toll on you. I can only imagine. So what what I was saying is sometimes, you know... Oh, when I do my... I, I did... I recorded a podcast... And it's so interesting, but I think sometimes I have to, um, it's interesting how I don't upload, upload right away, but it's for a divine timing reason. I will probably upload it or re-record it because in that podcast, I'm not just talking about my finances and I hope that people don't always just take it for like, oh, this would, I want you to get the lesson within the lesson in. There have been delays with like with the insurance company and the payout for my car and so that has affected my ability to invest in things. And I also mentioned that a couple of the crypto platforms that I'm on, they they haven't been paying out since December. So 
But because they're starting to pay back out and it's basically I'm going to get four months retroactive, that puts me light years ahead. I would have spent it. If I had been getting that every month, I would have been spending that. Spending. I would have been spending that. So that's going to push me well over six figures but into like the into a into a because you have a lot between you know you have like mid six figures and then going into a million so it's gonna pass me like before I probably would have been like 99 110 no like 120 ish so it's gonna push me over a little bit um but that this has happened so many times the setbacks and when things don't always work out the way that you want, if you can learn to see the blessing it, you're gonna be so much more thankful. Like um I need that not only for me but for my for my niece. She's getting ready to go to college, she needs a car, she has trips coming up, and so I'm thankful that it happened that way, right? Who would have said, like, oh, wouldn't you be mad that you didn't get paid for four months? Yeah 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 um but you know same thing too when it comes to relationships like sometimes it I'm not saying it's not going to be sad days or anything like that but when you think about it in the grander scheme of things like even when they talk about the statistics for marriage who was I listening to I'm still conflicted sometimes. I like to give people credit, but I think also from my memory, um, I'm trying to remember who it was that said it, but there's statistics that show that marriages don't really tend to last more than seven years. And um, even with with the time that we were dating, because like my last relationship that was three and a half years, it's been three years like um like two and a half going on three years it wouldn't have still lasted that long if we were married anyway so it's like that's kind of wild to me you know um and again it's not to be like a limiting belief but I think it just puts into perspective like sometimes we push so hard for these titles and for people in our life and you have to be willing to just kind of um go with the flow and start to trust that there's better things out there for you too you know and I guess it just comes down to how much how bad you want things I I imagine that there are women out there that you know wanted children and they have regrets like I remember um let me watch this Polynesian guy while I'm let me turn the volume down What time is that one? 25 seconds? Alright, I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the thumbnail. But, um... I remember, like, one of my former co-workers... Now, mind you, she she screwed us over. Like, I remember me and my friend, he was from Burma. And, um... He was Burmese. Or Burma, Burmese? And so... We would joke about how she didn't want to get in trouble with our boss. So she would throw like us younger kids under the bus because she was damn near close to retirement. She only had like three to five years to retire. And it's like her husband was ill. So it's like she was fighting for her life with that job. All of us were. 
But because we were like little peons and stuff, a lot of us were like fresh out of college and stuff. Um, she would, she was really manipulative. So she would, she would make friends with us. But then if, when, th- when things got, when we would get in trouble, it's like she would run us over with the bus and then hit it in reverse and then back, back over us and sometimes proceed to drive forward again and stuff. And so, you know, for the most part, I had to stay professional. So I remember like five years, yeah, like five years after I left the job there, she came to visit me at my office at my new location. And um, she was just like, telling me because she never had kids but she ended up adopting one of my classmates sisters and um unfortunately that that like years later that that um lady that girl passed away but so now she's taking care of the grandchild which again when you think about the circles of life she still got the opportunity to not only adopt a daughter and although she passed away she has custody of the granddaughter so listen and I, I'm not sure I think her yeah her husband passed away so it's like sometimes life has a bittersweet way of of giving you what you desire in the most pristine ways too because um she told us that she um used to she used to be kind of like a drug addict-ish kind of person and um, so if you think about having children in that type of setting, that probably wouldn't have been the best, right? But, um, so she came to my office and, you know, I remember I was pissed. I was like, oh my God, it's the audacity for me. But, you know, you keep it professional. My boss is in the other room, so I can't tell her, like, where to go and how to get there real quick. But, you know, you just keep it professional and stuff. And so she's like, you know... She's like, are you married? Do you have kids? I'm like, no, I'm dating. That was the time I was dating that guy that was like 6'9". He runs like a... Um, uh, he's high up in his company or whatever. But um, one day I'm probably going to slip and say the company. But um, but but not today. Uh-uh-uh. But um, She was like, oh, she's like, you know, I regret having kids and stuff. And I was just like, I, at the time, I was still on the younger side. And I was like, nope, I have no regrets of having kids. And she was just taken aback because I think she was trying to project a little bit on me and stuff. But she was just like, yeah, I just really regret not having kids and stuff. It did mess with me for a little bit, like a couple days. But I remember just kind of reaffirming like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like, I still have time to have kids and and stuff like that but you know so you will have people that um at that point she had already retired so and still regretted not having children but um yeah I you know so I get it I get that that part of this journey is you figuring out you know all of those those moving variables and type of thing (laughs) they just finished their um their dance oh these are the winners of the it's called the merry monarch men kahiko winners let me see let me play it
It's K Kai Okahaki. You could tell they're nervous, like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. I, I'm really overdue for a health and fitness thing with you guys because even the dance moves, dance is so important. It's not even funny. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more. And I, I, I don't know. I have to be in the mood. I think so. We're going into Sunday. I want to say maybe next week. I, I'm studying for my state exam, so I feel like I need to pass that and then... I, by then, I will have more time to kind of see the results on some of the things I've tried to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're, like, moving their hips and stuff like that, too. All the girls are going crazy. I don't know if you can hear it. I wonder if they're saying something, too, because even though they're doing the dance moves, like... Part of the words they're saying and the way they're dancing is like it means like, you know. All right, y'all. So that ended up being 45 minutes. I have a little bit more tea left. At this point, it's kind of like lukewarm, but whatever. Um, yeah, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Until the next one. Bye.